Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs. All whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. So I had the most lovely afternoon this afternoon. A young artist from the Northeast who is part of my academy came over for, well, it was going to be a cup of tea, but she doesn't drink tea, which I'll forgive her. Uh, we, we actually had Normandy apple and pear M&S fizz, which was absolutely gorgeous. And she brought a load of cakes again, which were absolutely gorgeous. And I have to say, I spent... Um, about an hour and a half in the company of somebody who at the tender age of 20 has got so much integrity and is so inspiring through what she's done and uh, I'm just honestly she was just I was in awe talking to her she was absolutely fantastic and the most gorgeous gorgeous girl uh, you know Honestly, absolutely gorgeous and so funny. Just an absolute pleasure to chat to. So, yeah, sit back and enjoy the lovely Jessica Liz Fine Arts podcast interview. She is an absolute treasure. So, um, those cakes look absolutely amazing. Oh, my goodness. I know. So, you've got the Ukrainian slice, carrot cake, I think that might be a salt caramel flapjack. I just seen the top and I was like, that looks unreal. And then brandy snaps. Brandy snaps. I know, I you can't go wrong. The, the mother bakery used to do them all the time. And my mum would get them when I was little and she would always be like, oh, it's brandy, I'm not sure. And she would like, let me have a little lick out the inside. And they used to do them like the size of my finger. And I saw them today and I was like, that is like the size of my arm. That is necessary, yeah. <laughs> Oh my and all. god! So I hope you whatever you like. Oh, they are so good. Yes, I might do. I might do in a second. Yeah. And so you're from where? Where do you live? So I live in South Shields, yeah. which is in the northeast. It's just just outside of Newcastle. It's probably like the place where most people would know it. Yeah. But I live between my mum and my dad's house. My mum is pretty much right on the coast. Well, we both live within a five minute walk from the beach, and um, so we walk our dog down there all the time. Um, my stepdad's got a little border terrier pixie, but me and the girls from work call her Adele. Because okay. when, <laughs> when she was at the breeders, the, they named all the dogs after singers. So she, at the breeders, she was called Adele. So nice, isn't it? Oh my goodness, that is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Spencer's know what they're Sorry, doing. Normandy apple and pear. Oh, that mm. is so good. Unreal. I think I have about 10 bottles in the house. <laughs> I have to go out. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so yeah, when she was in the breeder, she was called Adele. And then my stepdad changed her name from Adele to Pixie Lot. But I just think Adele's so funny. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that's a great name. Yeah. Just so, she's so funny. Oh, bless her. So you, live, you live on your, on your own? No, your own. well, no, I don't. Oh, um, so I live between, yeah, so my mum and my dad. Yeah. Um, they got divorced when I was little, so I'm still going between there. I am finally looking to kind of branch out, maybe find somewhere of my own. It's definitely the next kind of, me and my dad always talk about steps of money saving of like goals short-term goals long-term goals so short-term is I'm finally going to get some driving lessons which I'm so excited about I've, I've been desperate to drive so my dad finally said I could have a little turn in the car the other day because I didn't want to get a lesson and then not have any clue what I was doing so yeah. we've got a smaller a bath and he let me have a little turn like taught me the very very basics and as soon as I did it I was like yeah I definitely want to do it oh, so right. when I come back from Disney because I go to Disney next week and um, so I'm going to get in some Paris lessons America, America. I know I went to Paris when I was 10 with my dad and me my mom my stepdad and my sister are going to America next week oh how good. I can't wait I literally can't wait the excitement is too much <laughs> Are you like a big big ride person? I do like rides, yeah. I didn't when I was younger. I was Although very I have to much say, when you were younger, you're only twenty now. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really it's young. not like it was that long ago. But um yeah, from about well, I did read when I went to Euro Disney with my dad, we did Space Mountain Mission. Right. And he'd been to America before and he was saying, Oh, it's not gonna be scary. I've been on America, I can't be as scary as that. And I was only just tall enough to ride it, so I was a bit nervous. And he was like, come on, we'll do it. And I was like, all mm, right, Dad, as long as you promise it's not as bad as America. We went on. So he took, he, he's a photographer and he had his camera with him. And the guy was like, oh, you can just hang on to it, but like carry it in between your legs. So we were like, oh, it's definitely not going to be bad. Like if you can keep a hold of his camera. My dad came off. Well, it was goes upside down, firstly. So he was holding his camera in between his like ankles, upside down. He came off, he had cuts down his legs. We were both crying. <laughs> okay, well, and my stepmom, my little sister didn't come on. So when we went out, me and my dad just woke up and I'm like, it was worse than America. <laughs> it was so bad. And then I think that was kind of the turning point where I was like, I hated it, but I loved it. What is this thrill? And now it takes me forever to get on the first one. I'll be like, oh God, I can't do it. I can't do it. But as soon as I've done one, one ride, I'm like, oh, I'm invincible. Yeah, Let's go on everything. <laughs> I I have a, um, the teacups are kind of my. Yeah. <laughs> I went on the, I think the last kind of fairground ride I went on was something like the waltz, the waltzer. Mm. And that honestly did my neck in. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> I, to be fair, I don't do spinning. Oh. If it spins, it's a pass. Yeah. And the t have you seen the um, Hollywood Tower of Terror? No. So that's one in Disney World. It's in both you, Disney and America. And it's it's literally, so it's designed kind of like a hotel. It looks like from a hotel from the outside. You go in at the bottom, you all sit in a lift. It takes you all the way at the top and it just drops you back down. Everyone is obsessed with the ride. And I, I'm literally like, what are you doing? Nobody ever go on that in your life. But it's so popular me mom and my sister can't wait to get on it and I'm like there's not a chance I'm going on that one I think I'd pass out yeah oh 100 I'm like oh, I couldn't if it drop like dropping or spinning I'm I can't oh, do but like gosh. roller coasters yeah I quite like oh no I'm not I'm, I'm a bit of a I remember in Ripon yeah tiny little city when I was about 10 
they had a, a fairground and they had a big wheel. You can imagine how big this big wheel was. It wasn't very big at all. Yeah. <laughs> and they had to stop it and get me off. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Like, oh god, I can't. I just really can't get it. not at all. I'm so terrified. I hate anything like that. To be honest, Disney for me is. I think it's more the characters and the experiences. Yeah. I like rides. I yeah. do, but that's not why I'm going. Oh it's gosh! When I meet Mickey Mouse, Bonnie, I thought I was excited to meet you, and <laughs> honestly, when I meet Mickey Mouse, I will 100 percent cry. When so we'll be. My mum got us it. Should be so when my dad took what you were doing, like I say, when we were 10, and um, and for every single birthday and Christmas after that, I was like, I want to go to Florida, I want to go to Florida, that's all I ever asked for. So, this so Christmas 2019, the like the Christmas before COVID, my mum was in me in my bedroom on Christmas Eve saying, So, what do you think your dad's got you for Christmas then? And I was like, I don't know, ma'am, but it's not going to be what I truly want. <laughs> and she was like, and what's that? And I was like, it's Disney World. But I've come to the conclusion, I'm just going to have to save up and go myself when I'm an adult. It, it's not going to happen. And she went, all right, night, see you in the morning, and left. And I didn't, I swear I didn't have any England because my mum's terrible at secrets. And I thought she wouldn't have been able to keep it. Like, I, And I had fully come to the conclusion it wasn't happening. And then we got up the next day, and I'm not going to lie, it was a rather small pile. And I'm not the kind of person to be like, it's not many, as many Christmas presents as last year. <laughs> but my mum does usually go all out and there was maybe only five. And I was like, oh, maybe it's a bit hard done for this year. I was a bit like, I better, best stop to, best start turning the lights off kind of thing. <laughs> and um, we opened them and she went, she looked at me, stepped out Chris and went, I think, I think we've got um, one more present. Well, we forgot about it. And I was like, oh, what is it? What is it? And so um, they brought through a big box and it was wrapped. And me and my sister like pulled it off and Disney balloons came flying out. And even when I seen the Mickey Mouse balloon, I was like, I'm not letting myself believe that this is what it is because I didn't want to get my hopes up and then for not to be that. And well, I'll have to show you the video, actually. I've got a video. We opened the scrolls and it was saying we're going to Disney World and Orlando. E bunny, I was a mess. It was so funny. <laughs> I was shaking, like physically bawling. <laughs> like, like oh and that was three years ago now and we're finally going so we're supposed oh to we were supposed to go that july so this is the third time it's been moved oh so the i'm just been growing. growing and growing and then i think i've also kind of like pushed it because i've been like i don't believe it and i think all four of were like we're not going to truly get excited until we're on the plane in the sky yeah. because you just don't know what can happen but oh my god it's so close now Oh, how exciting. And I've got two sets of ears. And then, so we'll land at half past four on the Friday. And then, like, half past four in the evening. So we're not going to go to a park, but we're going to go straight in the shop and just buy ears for every day. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I literally can't wait. Oh, that sounds brilliant. So exciting. I know. <laughs> so Facebook's just going to be filled up with posts of me wearing ears. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. How lovely, though, that you're getting to go. Oh, I love that. I love, I do that with my, um, you know, with my, well, when they were little, you know, taking photos when they've got something, like, really exciting. Yeah. And they pop up on Facebook every yeah. now and again. It's just like, oh, look how cute they were, um, you know, getting yeah. really excited about, I know, my youngest son getting a tractor. It's like, oh, it's a tractor. But um, I remember we got uh, tickets for uh, One Direction for my daughter. And she was uh, she was in floods of tears oh. and everything. 
Yeah, and then I'm my, definitely a crier. Yeah. Oh God, we're 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 all criers, but uh, oh, that's bless you. So excited. Oh, so well, I mean, I I you know we're just sort of chatting about everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving you telling me all about Disney, but I really want to know about your art. Yeah. And. I guess all of the incredible things that have been happening just recently yeah and you know just sort of telling me a little bit about how you got into doing your art and mm-hmm. um I know I know you had a few people one person particularly told you you shouldn't be doing it and you yeah. can't be you know um sort of successful and everything and I think it's I think it's really really good to talk about those sorts of things because it shows other people, other young people, yeah, you know, that actually you can do whatever you want to do. And you don't need to listen to those people who, yeah. if you believe in something yourself and you've got the motivation to go there without the help of whoever it is that's telling you no, you should do it because yeah. you can make it. Yeah. Shall I just start from the yeah, beginning? Just, yeah. Just go for it. Go for um, it. Well, so I've always done drawing, like, little bit, like, since I was a kid, since I was tiny, I say a kid. That was two years ago, since I was tiny. <laughs> um, and I would draw, like, birthday cards, Christmas cards. Every card I did was was handmade. Um, and then it wasn't really until art in secondary school, like the art lesson, that I kind of thought, maybe this is something that I am quite good at, and I did enjoy it. And my art teacher in, in comprehensive school was lovely. She was called Mrs Denbury. And, oh, my goodness, she was amazing so encouraging of whatever you wanted to try whatever ideas you had and her words were so so powerful she always she always had the perfect way of critiquing but giving you so much motivation and praise where it was deserved so I took it as a like a GCSE and I did I did put like human port which I really because I did I started in year 10 when you start your like your main bulk of, of portfolio work, you kind of have to pick a theme. And so I thought, oh, I, I think I was with time or inside out, it might have been something like that. And um, I picked, I thought I would do my grandpa. My grandpa's face was amazing. So wrinkly, I know that sounds terrible, but so <laughs> wrinkly. He had like loads of like blood marks on his face and on his hands and skin. He used to work down the mine. So like all his knuckles were dead gnarly and, it's funny because a normal person wouldn't see that. But when I looked at my grandpa, I was like, you're unreal. Like, I need to draw that. So I thought, I'm going to do that. And like I say, he used to work down the mine. So he had a really interesting history, which can be incorporated in art in so many different ways. So I thought, I'm going to do him. And I took some photos of him. This is a sad story. Trigger warning. Um, and so I thought, I'm going to do him. So I started him. And the week before one of the half terms, I took photos of photographs and I did a full portfolio of photographs and I didn't know how much that time would mean to me taking those photographs because over the half term he passed away so I had those several hours documenting everything about him so I'll, I will never forget what he looked like because I, I did all those photographs and yeah I went back to school and then um, the teacher it had a, a different teacher at that time Oh, I'm, I love these photos, but can you get some more? Can you just get some more? And I was like, oh, well, no. And I think she thought I was being a bit cheeky, saying, no, I don't want to. And I burst into tears and she was like, what's wrong? I was like, he died. But it gave us so much motivation to put some more in. And it was that, that kind of cemented that that was something 
I was really passionate about. And it kind of showed me how you can create something that means so much. It's a piece of paper, but it can mean the world to somebody. And that kind of is what drew me, drew me into it. So I continue, I did, I finished that. I finished that as a piece and I continued it for the full two years. I didn't want to stop just because he'd gone. He wouldn't have wanted that. So I, I did it and I completed it. And I was so proud and I, I got it into an exhibition actually in South Shields where I live. And I was so pleased with that. So then I took that. So I did sixth form. My dad told me not to do sixth form. He told me to go to college and do art. That's what I would want to do. I said, no, dad. I'm a big girl, I can make my own decisions. I'm going to go to sixth form and do performing arts and art alongside each other. That failed miserably. <laughs> the school It was the school's fault. They said I could do both. They hadn't realised both lessons overlapped. So I was then doing performing arts and teaching myself art in like free periods. I basically didn't have an art teacher and I did, I think I stuck that out for about eight months and I said, no, like, it turns out actually, oh, I really want to do this art thing. I want to do it full time. So I went to Newcastle College and I did it. Fine art, extended diploma there. And we did a lot of stuff. I'd, I enjoyed, I suppose, things like abstract, textiles, fashion. You kind of do a bit of everything. And I did enjoy doing it, but it wasn't the art I enjoyed to make. And I always tried to fit in some realism where I could. That was what I loved, to be able to see where you're aiming and if you've got there, like, and if you've done it perfectly kind of thing. And so I always put that in wherever I could. And that, unfortunately, is where I had this lecturer who told me time and time again, step away from portraiture, step away from realism, step away from it. And I did try, but I always came back to it because... That's what I knew I was doing well. And even though he was saying, don't do it, that's where he was giving me the higher marks. So because he knew he couldn't mark it down because it was the best I could produce. So I kept on doing it. And then it came to whether or not to take a degree. Now, when we had talked about university in sixth form, I kind of knew it wasn't for me. And I did think about it, but I thought, I just, A, I don't think I'm ready to move away. And the best... At this point, I thought I was going to do textiles because he'd he'd pushed realism so far out of my head and had buried it so far down, thinking it was absolutely not the path to go on. I thought I would do textiles at university. So I would have to move away to get a good course. I didn't want to do that. And my ma so my dad was kind of, maybe she should get a degree, but I totally understand if you don't, because with him being an art director, he tends to do interviews for his job and he knows that he judges whether they get that job from their portfolio, not from what they've got, whether a degree or whatever. Um, but my mum, her dad was very much, you're going to do a degree. And me and Nana had a degree, my grand had a degree, she had a degree, my sister had a degree. It was, that was what you do. And she, she really wanted me to do it. So when I came to the conclusion that I wasn't going to do a degree, it kind of took a little while to get everyone on board with that idea. But my mum did come around eventually and she was, she's always from when I was a kid been very much whatever's going to make you happy, that's what we'll do. If I wanted to go off and do performing arts, which is where I originally thought I was going to end up, we'll go to London, we'll do it. So I knew, which is why I kind of thought, I know if I do take the jump and say no, she will 
she'll get there eventually. So I was discussing with my lecturer degrees and he said, right, you're obviously, there was a point where we all sat as a class and he went round and named everybody who was to do a degree, whether that was your choice or not. And I was on that list. And I'm not going to lie, Bonnie, I'm not backwards and coming forwards. And I'm not wanting to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so I piped straight up and I was like, who are you to tell us if I'm going to do a degree? I was like, we've already discussed that. I probably won't. And he was like, don't be silly. You're doing a degree and you're going to do textiles. And I was like, right. So I said, look, come, come have a discussion at the end of the day because I thought it's a bit rude bringing it up in front of everybody. But I was like, I'm not really having him tell me what I'm going to do when I know that's not what I'm going to do because it's not what I enjoy. So anyway, we're sat and we're chatting and um, this was basically an accum- accumulation, is that the right word? <laughs> of two years of him saying, don't do realism, you can't do realism, it's boring, it's rubbish, no one likes it, it's so boring, it's not real art, for two years. We sat down and said, Billy, I'm not doing a degree. Um, and he was like, well, I think that's silly, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I think I could make my own pet portrait, yeah business um in doing realism because I had done at this point for the final exam he'd see the rules were do whatever you want so I had done realism it hadn't gone down well but it got me a triple distinction double star in the end so it was it is what it is I did it because I knew it would get me there so he already I was already in his bad books and he basically said to me no you don't want to be doing that you're not I had Basically, in so many words, I don't support that. It's a terrible idea. It's boring. Nobody would pay you money for that. He even got another lecturer to come in and say to me, so he had, before this lecturer had seen my work, he said, my lecturer said to the other one, um, Jessica doesn't want to do a degree. She wants to do realism as a business. Oh, no, no, don't do that. It's so boring. It's so boring. It's not real art. It's not real art. So I just said, just just hang on one second and I don't know if you've seen I, I did a bear years ago now and um I've just I had this it was big A3 it wasn't even finished I flipped over and I said just have a look at that and he, he actually swore he was like I won't say it but like he swore like he was so gobsmacked and he was like wow and then like kind of looked at my lecture and looked back at me and I could see in his head he didn't really want to agree with what my lecturer was telling me. So he kind of went, I mean, you are really, really good. But yeah, 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 Billy's right. It's, it's It won't sell, it won't sell. And I think it took me a long time. And so I knew I wasn't going to do a degree. So degree was over whether he thought I shouldn't do my business or not. So it took me a long, long time to kind of regain the knowledge that it is something that people want. And I think if you've got it inside you to push past everyone's barriers and everything that's in front of you, there's no way you can't make it because it's it's always down to you. My dad always says, if you work hard and if there's only you who can get you there, so there's there's nothing that can stop you if you can make it. Um. And so that's what I'm doing, Bonnie. (laughs) I'm working as hard as I possibly can. So it never really intended to be um, coloured pencil. But in the very first lockdown, I got so bored. And 
college really struggled to send out like work and things like that so my dad like I say is a photographer and he was doing some wildlife photography and he had some of um a fox and he and I was bothering bothering him during work and that because he was working from home and he said look your sister's got some colouring pencils upstairs I've sent you a photo with the ipad draw it up do it in coloured pencil and I was like don't be daft dad I've never used coloured pencils in my life Away, not that's not possible. Can't I've never drawn a fox, I've never drawn an animal, I've never used colour pencil to complained to no end, basically. And he said, My dad's so funny, he'd be dead stern, you know you're not in trouble, but he like he was like, Go upstairs and colour that fox in now. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. <laughs> and he was like, just just see what happens. And it was the first time in a long time that I had kind of put all thoughts and very much an overthinker when every time pencil hits paper I'm thinking all the time and it was the first time in a long time I didn't think at all and I just thought I just drew what I saw because I thought I've never done it before if it's terrible it's terrible if it's okay that's a massive bonus so I did it and I think I did it in two days three days um because obviously there was nothing else to do so I was just doing it all the time and that drawing my dad, I, lo- I love him a bit and he is really, really supportive. My mum is so supportive in a different way. She always says to me, oh, that's amazing. That's brilliant. Whereas my dad, he never says it. it because because of his job, it's, I think he finds it hard to think, oh yeah, you can stop there. That's really good. He always has given you more feedback. And I did that drawing and my dad said, was, oh, that's actually a pretty good kid. And I was like, I've made it. I've done it. This is what I'm doing. And then, so I did another one. So that was the first ever colour pencil drawn I did. And that is one I'll always remember. I've got it up massive. It's like A1 printed in my room. I got it framed. I've got you, give you a card with it. It's that one that's on the tag. Oh, gosh. Oh, it is absolutely fantastic. Um, And I'll see if I've got one because I was, I was thinking when I was writing the card, I was thinking this is the first drawing. I ever did and the stuff and I mean I'm very rarely I very rarely say I like my own stuff but the stuff that I am creating now is just completely so utterly on a different level it's ridiculous how much have come in less than a year and um, because well it's probably nearly two years since I actually drew the fox but a year less than a year since I set up my business so this that was a, a lab I just do, drew before I went away a few months ago. And I just think that the difference, and even that one's not very good, but the, the, the difference amazing. is something I'm so proud of. Yeah. And I've, I've, apart from me singing, I love singing and I love dancing and I've always been proud of that. But apart from that, I've never really felt pride of myself before, before doing that fox before then continuing on and and looking back at how much I've moved forward but yeah some of them still uh come hard like <laughs> some of them still don't come I mean none of them come easy and I think I was on and on whether I tell you this but I think it's important to be honest about art and and about business and everything and and I'm not gonna lie it's not something I love to do I love the outcome and I love how it can make people feel and I enjoy doing it, but it's not my greatest love of all. I think there's a 
personally, I think there's a difference between love and enjoyment and passion. It's something I'm definitely passionate about, like no other, but it doesn't give me the freeing feeling that singing does. But I think that's why I like doing it as a business because I was, I don't think I'll ever be worried that doing it so much would ever take the love away Mm. because it's already something that I see as that's what I'm good at doing. I do enjoy doing it, Mm. but it's not my love. So I don't have to worry about losing the love for it. And I've always got like my singing and things to come back to. And I always say, I've got the perfect balance because I can draw and I'm enjoying drawing, but I love singing, but I can sing all the time whilst I'm drawing. (laughs) (laughs) You can. Much to the neighbour's pleasure, I'm sure. (laughs) How funny. I know. I get that though. I do get that. And I think, you know, um, it sounds like you've got quite a good business head. You know, you've made a decision to do this as a business, Mm. whereas quite a lot of people, me included, you know, you kind of fall in love with drawing and then it's like, oh, well, I can make a business from this. I'm, I guess I had that business acumen beforehand because I've kind of, you know, been a senior manager yeah. and studio manager and everything and, and coach and what have you. So actually all of that, all of the experience that I had from there and, and many, many years of kind of working in corporate, then sort of, I guess, sort of sandwiched together quite nicely with the art. And then I've got a passion for both of them. So that for me works really really well yeah. although at the moment as my business is growing oh my god it is so scary yeah I can't tell you how scary it is just all putting all of the so I'm now kind of going from the freedom of doing art to creating something that's really heavily structured yeah and the structure and the processes are around all of the back end stuff not not the drawing and it's it stresses me out because I'm not yeah, very I'm good watching. with... Uh, every time I look at figures, oh. my mind just goes... Oh. <laughs> I'm with you on that, Bonnie. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, and how can you run a business if you don't know, you know, what your figures are? Yeah. So that, so I'm, I'm, I mean, I've had a, I've had a webinar this morning at eight o'clock about a new system that we're hoping to take on that is going to, um, for workflows. You know, and I'm sitting here thinking, I'm, I'm what does this mean? <laughs> workflows on. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an artist running a, a business, and I'm now having to get all of these workflows and yeah. stuff in, and you know, and it's just like, oh my god, it's brilliant, but it's, but it's, yeah, it's becoming much more of a business. So yeah, it's definitely a business rather than a, you know, a, a, I think a, I think a lot of people do it as a hobby and then make a bit on the side yeah this one is definitely what I'm doing is definitely driven as a business and it sounds like you're doing the same thing or seeing it as a way to make a living from it yeah that's definitely yeah it's brilliant that's definitely my long-term plan well my end goal is to have like a luxury maybe pet portrait business I don't know if that could branch but a luxury drawn brand almost because I think I've got such a massive imagination sometimes. And a lot of people like, my, even my grandma and my family do laugh and I think, but it is possible, like these ideas. But So you kind of think like designer clothes, like you've got brands, you've got labels, you've got cars that are, are known to be more expensive. You've got Marks and Spencers, it's known to be an expensive top high quality supermarket. Why can't that be the way for art as well why can't Bonnie Stone Academy Jessica Ellis Fine Art be 
a household art name, brand label. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm headed. My name is going to be in Monaco. In America, it's going to be, it's going to be everywhere. That's brilliant. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think you've got to think like that to make it happen. Yeah, it doesn't sound crazy at all. And I think, I think this is what... I think it's really, really important to have that. Even if it's like a, an enormous goal, Yeah, you've got that goal, you've got the vision, and now it's about all of those little steps in between that you can just, you know, yeah, cross off as you go along them, but that, that vision is always there, sort of staring back at you, and, you, and you, that's in the back of your mind. 100%, you know? and it's so motivational. It's If I'm having, because I do t- suffer terribly with my mental health, and if I'm having a day where I'm like, I'm not even picking up a pencil, I'm like, you will if you want to go to Monaco. <laughs> if you want to get there, you'll have to pick up a pencil. But that, yeah, that's my goal. Like a luxury, a kind of, I think I've been very, very fortunate growing up in that I've, I've never really wanted for anything. I've never gone without. I went to dance lessons for a lot of years. I had singing lessons. I went to, I'd like to say brilliant schools. I went to schools that are known to be brilliant. <laughs> what you get out of it is what you get out of it. But I was very fortunate growing up and I want to be able to continue that life and provide it for my children, but also back to the family that gave me it, mm-hmm. who who helped me get to where I am now and who always got me everything I was after. And I mean, that makes me sound really spoiled. I wasn't because my dad and mom and my mom as well taught me really well to understand the meaning of money and how important it is and how it works and how grateful you should be for things that you can get. From a young age, if you wanted pocket money, you did the washing up, you did the dishwasher. So I then learned really quickly how good it feels to work hard to earn your own money and then get the things that you really want. And I think that's something that a lot of children, unfortunately, now don't don't understand it's something that I'd like to teach even when in Lush when little kids come in the shop if they've got their pocket money they've saved hardly in their own pocket money to get a bath bomb we do a thing called um random act of kindness where you can you can give a free bath bomb and if they've brought their own pocket money I always give them an extra bath bomb and say well done and congratulate them on how well they've they've spent their money and how well they've saved I think it's something that's really important to and I think I am quite young to understand all of that and to be where I am. And I think that is completely because from a young age, I was, I had quite a good understanding of money and how important but difficult it was. Mm. Because we have, we have definitely gone through some tougher times, but when you know how to spend money and when you know where it's come from and how hard people have worked to to earn it, everything you get is appreciated greatly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something else that I think people, when they purchase art, that's how they feel. So a lot of people think, oh, oh, it's something that rich people buy or, oh, I couldn't spend that much money on a drawing or whatever. And I think that's partly why I like the feeling so much because I know how much people will appreciate it when they get it. But yeah, I'm going, going big (laughs) or going home. (laughs) Well, I mean, talking about going big or going home, you know, your amazing 
oh yeah <laughs> uh, reveal just recently on your on your social media um and actually you revealed it in my art club which was just yeah, I don't know. <laughs> honestly the i had so many messages that came Did from you yeah. going oh my goodness what a lovely girl how amazing oh. blah, 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 you know? and i was just like oh just isn't it brilliant because i remember is it last year we, we i think we had like a confidence session mm-hmm. and you know you you contributed and and you did get quite emotional mm-hmm. you know about different bits and pieces and like you do you know if you're passionate about something and you want to do something if something's either not working or you're working towards something and it's and it maybe is happening yeah um but it was just we'd had that session and you know I always I always sort of think about you and and that session and and then of course you did do you know you kind of revealed what you were doing in the art club and I was just like oh my goodness this is just I know (laughs) it was just brilliant I just so talk to me about you know how it came about what it was and and kind of what that what that means to you yeah so the in South Shields there's a theatre called the Customs House now the main man at the Customs House is called Ray Spencer and he's always been a family friend and like I said in my coffee morning my mom's from the theatre my dad's from the theatre my full family is theatrical we've always been in and out of the theatre on stage so we're very good friends with Ray and everybody in the theatre and most theatres in South Shields as is everybody else who does singing and dancing in South Shields and he sent my mom a message to say that he was interested in a drawing and I was like, oh, yeah, brilliant. Because um, I, I know they've got a dog as well. So I was like, oh, well, they must want um, their pooch doing. And my mum said, no, I, I'm, he kind of gave me the impression it was a human. And I was like, oh, all right. Like, thinking it's been a while since I've done a human, but all right, we'll, we'll see what happens. So I sent him a message and said, oh, hi, Ray. My mum said you've been in touch. What can I help you with? The next thing I know, excuse me, the next thing I know, he's ringing me and saying, now, Jessica, this is all very confidential. You can't tell anybody. It's all on the down low. Nobody knows. And I was like, right? He was like, I want to commission you. And I was like, brilliant. And he was like, it's for to draw a human. Would that be all right? And I was like, well, yeah, depends who it is. And he was like, so Hillary Clinton's coming to sell shields. And we want you to draw her. And I swear, I think I laughed and I went, huh, good one. Because I was like, what you coming here for? And he went, no, no, we want you to draw a portrait of her for when she comes. She's coming to do a lecture with David Miliband. This is South Shields lecture every year. And she's coming to be the guest speaker this year. She's going to pop to the customs house and we want, she's going to see this exhibition and we want, we want her to feel comfortable and see a, photo, a drawing of herself. So I said, okay. And we discussed, well, first of all, I said, okay, I'll have a thing and I'll get back to you because I don't make any decisions without help. <laughs> So I uh, ended the call and I ran downstairs to my stepmom, Helen, and she was like, what is it? What is it? I was like, Helen, Helen, I don't know if I can tell you. I don't know if I can tell you, but, but, uh, oh, well, I'll just tell you. And I was like, um, you can't tell anybody, but Hillary Clinton's coming and Ray wants me to draw a portrait of her. And she was like, wow, like me and Helen were freaking out in the kitchen. <laughs> it was so funny. So she was like, you best bring your dad and see what he thinks. Because I'm very, very lucky in that Everybody in my family helps me in some way with my business. I could not do it on my own. I, I have, with my mental health, I have what I like to call a full brain. And 
there's nothing else going in there. And people tell me things and I go, yeah, no worries. And less than 30 seconds later, it's completely gone. So money things, keeping up to date with everybody on social media, messaging people back, emailing people. If I didn't have Helen and my dad and my mom and even my grandma sometimes remind me, I would not be where I am today. But I am getting much better at organising it. But so like, right, we need to speak to dad and see what he thinks because it would... It was a very short deadline, four weeks or something, five weeks, and it would put other people's commissions back. And it was going to be something that I wasn't, I couldn't message somebody and say, I can't do your commission right now because, because it was completely 100% confidential. So I rang my dad and I was like, dad, isn't this amazing? And he was like, well, you know, we really need to think about this and we really need to think about that and I don't really know whether you should do that and how do you feel with your mental health? Are you going to be okay? And he, because he was in work, he was in work mode and he, bless him, I, let, I hung up and I was like, I was good and a bit rage and I was like, I can't believe he's not happy for me. And bless him, he must have realised he'd gone into work mode and he sent me a message saying, I'm so sorry, kid. I'm so proud. That's amazing. Let's talk about when I get home. Anyway, we decided I was going to do it because I thought, so if, like, short-haired dogs, I can, like, smash through really quick. Long-haired dogs, hard pass. But um, <laughs> if it's short-haired, I can do it really quick. So I thought, I think my next four or something was short-haired, so it was something that I was going to be able to get back from quite quickly. And I thought, it's something I can't, I can't, I couldn't say no to. So we discussed price and things, and that was something that was really difficult because... I'd never asked for that kind of money before and it was going to be on a scale like A2 that I've never drawn before. It was going to be needing to be like the best frame, the like it needed special art glass. And I, my dad was saying, well, if you think about like how much you would do for an A3 portrait of a dog, how long it would take, how many, because I had to take some time off Lush as well. And et cetera, et cetera. And we're kind of settled on about 5.50. And even then I was like, oh, dad, far too much it's far too much we can't ask for that much money but there was also a tiny part of me in the back that was like this is going to take me a month I should be asking for more but I just felt I couldn't and I thought you know Ray's done me a massive favour by asking me to do this and the publicity that comes from that is going to be worth more than anything so we settled on 5.50 and I was I sent him I sent Ray a message and I was I remember we were driving back from Teen Valley which is a shopping centre and um and I'd sent the message and I was going, Dad, Dad, what if he says no? What if he says no? And I've blown my chance, I've blown it. And um, he just texts back straight away saying, brilliant, get cracking, kiddo. And I was like, should I ask for more? <laughs> <laughs> but so it, was, so it was settled, I was doing it, we started. It then went on a massive roller coaster of what it was. And it changed from being that it was going to be in an exhibition that she was going to look at. Then a flight got cancelled, so she wasn't going to make it to the customs house. She was just going straight to the lecture. So then it was going to be put at the lecture for her to look at and then leave. Then it was going to be a gift for her. Then it wasn't a gift for her. And then eventually, on the day of meeting her, it landed that she was going to take it home. It was a gift for her. Now, I wanted... When doing it... I kind of went back to the mode of when I was doing my grandpa and thinking about something that she probably wouldn't have had before because I'm sure it's something that she'll have been presented hundreds of. And I wanted to give her something that wasn't... 
didn't show her in a light of politics or media or the way she's portrayed mainly in the world, but something that was more personal to her. With it being a gift, it ended up working really well because it didn't speak anything about what's going on in America at the minute, what's going on here at the minute. It didn't speak anything about where she's been in the past or what she might do in the future. It spoke completely about who she is in herself, who she is as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, completely and utterly herself with no other connotations around. And then I had a big blank space um, in front of her because I wanted it to kind of portray that in her future, it's her choice. If she wanted to leave politics, leave it all behind, that's what she can do. If she wants to portray, if she wants to... um continue being a grandma that's what you can do and I wanted to leave it empty because I wanted her to kind of see without everything else the future is for hers for whatever she wants to do it's the same for everybody whatever you want your future to hold whether it be what you've been doing for your entire life whether it be something completely different whether it be a bit of both it's yours to do with whatever you want no matter who you are what you've done so yeah, then I got to meet her <laughs> and it was amazing. I was, it was so, so, so complicated because from day dot, I said I was on holiday when it looked as if she was going to be coming and it had been booked for ages. My dad and Helen and I were going to go and do the North Coast 500 in a motorhome. And we were so excited, would like plot each day, every activity we were going to do each day. And then Henry Clinton just came and dropped herself in on day 10 of a 14 day trip and I was like dad what are we gonna do and it wasn't literally until two days before we left that we were like that I finally decided I really want to go because I was kind of thinking I'm all right with that just being given it by somebody else do I really want it because it hadn't been on a holiday in so long but I was like no I, I can't not meet that and present this role that I've done myself to have myself so my mum saving grace so we were on the morning of so she came on the friday on the morning of the friday i was literally at the bridge of the isle of sky and on the thursday evening my mom drove up all the way to inverness with my little sister and stayed overnight and then my dad drove me in the motorhome from the isle of sky to inverness dropped me and then he went back to isle of sky to continue on and my mom brought me all the way back from inverness in a day we didn't stop at all. And then on the way home, Ray texts me saying, so it's going to be a gift for her and we need to have some sort of reveal. Have you got a piece of material? Now, two weeks prior, before I went on holiday, I'd text Ray saying, I don't know if you're thinking of maybe it's a reveal or whatever, do I need to get something for a reveal? And he was like, no, no, it's fine as it is. And then when I was <laughs> halfway on the motor road, on the motor we from Inverness he texted me saying oh we are doing a reveal so we all went into full panic mode but it, it got sorted and I found the perfect piece of like grey cloth to go over it and um when we got there so I had bought a pink power suit obviously and um when we got to the school where the lecture was held I was carrying it it was massive I was carrying it and um something came over me and I was like I've made it I'm here make sure everyone knows and I was just walking around going does anybody know where they want the artist 
Um, does anybody know where they want the artist, guys? I'm, I'm the I'm the artist. I'm here. And then they, they were literally like, "What? An artist?" And I was a mess. And I've sang and danced and performed in front of thousands of people on stage. And my mum was like, "Just why? Like, why are you so nervous? You've been on stage before." And I was like, "Man, I'd literally rather go on stage solo at Glastonbury. Like, I'd be less nervous for that than I am to meet this one lady." And I've always said it's so much easier with like loads of people than it is like one-on-one. But I think it was more excitement than anything else rather than nerves. But I was already freaking out because so she has like a full staff team with that at all times. And they're like huge, massive, tall security guards who all talk in their wrists like you see on the movies. It was so cool. Like, so basically they followed us around everywhere we walked and um, like me and my mom had like a guy, the mayor and the lady mayoress had like a guy and they just follow you around. So we, my mom and I and the mayor and the lady mayoress were ushered into a, one room and um, with Ray as well. And there was a, like a, a security guard, bodyguard guy stood outside. And every time we made a movement in the thing, he would like speak into his wrist. And we were like, what's going on? <laughs> but it was it was, it just made the experience so much more cool because it, it was literally like a film. Anyway, so I was already freaking out with it just being me, the mayor and the Lady Maris, who I'd never met anyway. And, and and like, my mom was like, it's just the mayor, like, don't pack. And I was like, yeah, but I know, but you're still like more important than me. I was like, it's still pretty cool. <laughs> so we were just chatting, but they were both lovely. But I was literally like, so ladies, you nervous? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> They were lovely. It was dead funny. Like, had had a really good chat and kind of settled each other. Anyway, then they went out and there was several other people, um, the police constable and everyone was going to meet her as well. And there were several other people who got to go and they saved me at last. And I was like, wow. This full time she stood there talking to all these people. And there's just this easel with a big thing on and a cloth over. And she must have been thinking, desperately want to know what's underneath that. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so then... Like the security guard kind of was like, you're up. And I was like, okay. So I went out and um, reintroduced me and I, I shook her hand. And she was, as soon as I started speaking to her, she put us at ease so quickly. She was so lovely. And I've said to everybody, no matter what she's done politically, that people disagree with or people have got, everybody's got their own opinions on that. And I don't really follow politics, so I'm not up to date with it. I don't follow it really but no matter what has gone on there in our past or what she does in politics when she spoke to me she was lovely and I couldn't fault her she was really truly interested in how I'd created my business what I had created this drone with what pencils had I used how did I do it how long did it take me do I have a business what else do I draw she even took a business card and she she literally turned to all our stuff as soon as I unveiled it and she was like I'm going to butcher the American accent right now. Oh my goodness, can somebody please get this home safely on the plane? I'm so worried about it getting home safe. And I was literally like, oh my God, she actually really wants to take it home. That was kind of the moment where I was like, wow, like she actually does like it. She wouldn't, you wouldn't just say that. You would just go, oh, thank you if you didn't have to. And I was like, oh, wow. And then there was a moment where it was me, my mom and Hillary and staff were kind of like come and running because she'd been blocked by I think it might have been Ray having a conversation with David Miliband and um our staff were like you could see them edging over to her and she was just like 
like just lifted her hand and kind of looked as if to be like, I'm all right, I'm having a conversation. And was closer than like, you are to me now. And we just had to chat for five minutes. And I was like, like, what? Like, it was surreal. How amazing. It was incredible. And I was just thinking when you're out the room, I just wanted to say, this is a little bit deep, but I just thought it was necessary to say for people who listen to me, because I know, well, like being in the community, being on like the Zooms, and there were a lot of people who struggled with confidence. And I just wanted to say that I sound really confident and like I've got a plan and I know what I'm doing. I want to say for the record that that is not the truth. I think I might just be a really good actress <laughs> because <laughs> most days, I'm getting better now, but most days I'm really poorly with depression and anxiety. And I don't want people who listen to me now to think that they can't get where I've got or do the things that that we've done because they have those thoughts as well, because those are things I, I struggle with every single day, every single day. And there was a time when I was smashing out commissions before Christmas and I probably didn't sleep for months. And there's a photo I took that we all take the make out work outfit now because you've got to laugh if otherwise you'll cry. And um, I was upholding my me, me final commission finished before Christmas and I was smiling and it was the fakest thing I've ever seen in my life. And the bags under my eyes were horrific. But I just, I just, I know that's so weird to mention, but I just thought it was important to mention because I know that if I had somebody who sounded quite as confident as I probably do, that I would think, wow, she's got it together. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> but I think it's important for people to know that it is possible, even, even on the days where you're lying in your bed and you're thinking, I'm rubbish at this, I'm terrible at this, I'm not going to get where I want to be, I shouldn't even get out of bed. Even if you're having those thoughts, you can do it. Mm. And it's even to myself, it sounds daft saying it now because I could say that to myself on one of those days and I wouldn't believe it. But now I am where I am, meeting the Beyonce of coloured pencils. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and like it it is it is easy to see that it is possible you can you can get up one morning you can push through those things that are the thoughts that are telling you you can't and you can fake it till you make it <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and it's and, and and actually you know if I hadn't kind of talked to you before if I hadn't sort of you know had you on some of those zoom calls you know, you come across as uh, you do come across as as as, as confident. Yeah. You come across as you know what you want. You know what you're doing, and I don't think that's fake. I think yeah. you've come across as really quite authentic today. But there's all sorts. There's different facets to everybody. You know, there's days where you're really happy. There's days where you're really grumpy. Yeah. You know, yesterday I had a a, a particularly rubbish day. You know, just and that was just things that happened that got on top of me because I yeah. was quite tired, and and it's then I think that you can start to think, oh God, you know, why do I bother? Blah blah blah. You know, yeah, there's cat sick everywhere. And, <laughs> oh, is that what the post about this thing? I am not kidding you. It was honestly, I've made this most beautiful tea. So on a Tuesday, <gasps> my um, at Riverford. Oh yeah, we had all of my box. my lovely veg and and salady stuff. Made the most gorgeous salad. Uh, mm -hmm. I've got fresh basil, 
really lovely salad. I'm sitting here and I've got my, my salad here and I'm eating my salad. I heard the cat who was on the chair next to me going, <laughs> you know, like cats do. Uh -huh. So I stood up, whipped the chair out yeah. so that she wouldn't be sick all over the chair. Yeah. At this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> As she was throwing up, so I pulled the chair out. The sick literally went everywhere. everywhere. It went into my salad. <sighs> it went in my hair. It went all over my clothes. Oh my goodness! And Bonnie. it was just, and I, you know, I was just standing there thinking. Oh, and then I shouted an awful lot, and then I got like a really hoarse. Yeah. Thing. So you can have those days, and it's whether you allow it to drag you down or whether you, can, yeah. you know, yeah, I totally get that. But you do come across as, you know, quite together and you know exactly what you want and I think that's part of who you are yeah it comes across the way there's, a, there's an element of faking it to make it but I, I don't think there's anything fake a, a, about you I think you've really got an idea of what you want which I, I think is just amazing I think Thank it's you. brilliant um so yes yeah, so my camera's about to die <laughs> <laughs> but we've been chatting for quite a long time yeah um, <laughs> So I, I just think it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. I think thank it's you, been think fascinating. Honestly, you're just such a lovely, lovely person. Oh, thank you. Um, and it's just it's just so nice to chat to someone who's got, you've got energy and you've got, you know, it's kind of just oozing out of you. And, and thank you bought you. me Normandy apple and pear. And yeah, and it was pears. so good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Oh, we can now. I'm going to shut this off and we'll have a cake. Brilliant. Thank <laughs> you so much for having us, Bunny. It's, oh, I can't believe I'm here. Oh, <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bunny Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time. <laughs>